3: You're listening to a podcast
1: from The Word.
4: No, Van Morris is a friendly chap, too, so he won't take that very well. But uh, when I first met Danny Baker, it was 1978, I think, and I went into the offices of New Musical yeah. Express to hand in my... Uh, Piece of paper upon which I'd bashed out a review of Teardrop Explodes or something. He's wearing
2: a long Paul Morley style coat that, that, oh, the, that swept the floor as he went. It like I everyone. think I was actually. We're <laughs> <an, an>, <laughs> not talking about me, possibly, we're talking about you. Possibly a wide brimmed hat, and if there hadn't been shoes sticking out the bottom, we wouldn't have known anyone was in there at all.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he, he looked like the Lone Groover.
2: Yes, he did. He looked like the Lone Groover. Yes, he, <laughs> did.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, did. Yes, he did. Tied on with, uh, uh, with, with string at the knee. No, and I walked in there, and you were working on the reception desk, so you would have been about, I suppose, 18 and 19 years old, and all I can remember is you picking up the, the phone and going, uh, City Morgue, you stab them, <laughs> we, we slab them. <laughs> and, and it would have been, you know, Bruce Springsteen's manager or something.
2: Like that. <laughs> I can remember thinking, being so impressed, it was just the funniest thing. Isn't that Marx Brothers line? No, so no, like, a City Morgue, you stab them, we slab them, I think is the name of a bootleg, the first oh. time I ever saw it. I don't know whose. So. who's. It might have been uh, a Stooges bootleg, you stab them, we slab them. Uh, I, that's the first time I ever heard of it, I'm I'll take any other higher-blown references than that. But I literally was uh, taken off a Stooges bootleg. I think used to have 'em, we slab 'em.
0: So, so I, I, my first uh, encounter with Danny was probably slightly earlier, when I was working in the HMV shop in Oxford Street. Ah, yes. And Danny was working in the in the tiny It'd and very trendy record shop uh, round the corner, which was either called One Stop or Harlequin. I can't remember. One it Stop.
2: Stop. It was bought out by Harlequin. One Stop was just about the. Hippish shop in London it was owned, was owned a by Island Records tiny reckons, little place tiny there was one in Dean Street in London and there was one in uh, uh, Richmond and I just answered that in the Evening Standard because I'd left school uh, and everyone said you want to be you should go. To, you should get a place in that west like that you'll have your own window in three years and I just they
1: <laughs> did Dream and I left, I left at the last year you could leave at
2: 14 now that we've you know oh, really? I left at 14 years old at Easter uh, and I was 1972 last year you could leave they, they made it so you had to leave at 15 after that uh, and I went to work at a record shop uh, in in South Mongol
0: Street. Yes, and you was at HMV Round the Corner. Oh yeah, you used to come in occasionally. To, <coughs> excuse me to swap stuff.
2: Yeah, we your distinguished
0: customers. Yep, yeah, she used to have Stella. List of customers. Elton John. Elton
2: brown Rolls Royce. Mark Boland with that story I said before about when he came in and gave me, literally gave me the shirt off his back. I liked it yeah. so much. It was Chuck Berry doing the duck walk on like. And you said, where would you get that shirt? He I said, I, like I, I didn't. i have rolled like the kid in the Simpsons. Yeah. Mr. Boland, uh, that's, that's the right. greatest shirt I've ever seen. Oh, you like the shirt, yeah? Yeah, okay, okay, mate. Yeah, yeah, okay, mate. And he took it off and put so it on. So then he walked. That's the he start. walked down South Malton Street. He had a long. Naked Af- from the waist. I know, right. He had up. a red Afghan coat with blue trimming. Uh, and he had that over because he looked right with the silk pants and everything he looked alright because he was like rowling. Yeah. Uh, and my mum washed that shirt uh, <laughs> they took Cavalier Attitude to the old dry cleaning <laughs> and, and ruined it and just absolutely it, but I still wish I had it ruined as it was but the customers used to be Elton John of course used to work with the manager of the shop I actually lived with the manager of the shop oh, a really? bloke called uh, John Gillespie um, uh, and John, Ian and Elton ran Musicland in Berwick Street, London uh, which you can see if you look at Captain Fantastic yeah. as a little shop and then John, I think, kind of set up one stop, went into business with himself. So Elton used to come into the shop. And he used to park at a brown, a brown, Bentley. chocolate brown Bentley. A right. Bentley. I love that. so simple. A chocolate brown Bentley. And sometimes he would sit outside the shop because the imports, they'd ring. And it's hard to believe, of course, that uh, in those days, uh, imports used to, records used to come out sometimes four or five, sometimes six months before England. Dark Side of the Moon came out so long before in America. Did Uh, it? Dark Side of the Moon. Dark Side of the Moon was out in America about three months before here. But I think I wrote in word once about uh, um, the first time I worked in uh, uh, in, uh, One Stop. I was originally in Dean Street for two weeks. And Dark Side of the Moon uh, came out in 1973. And uh, uh, when Dark Side of the Moon came out, I was sent over to uh, Dean Street for a couple of weeks. And... uh, the hippies were all outside, the four hippies they were, heads were all outside queuing up because we were told them we were going to get 50 copies in. It had already sold out. And they said, now, or uh, 100 copies. And they told me the first morning I was at Dean Street, go outside and count off 100 people and tell everyone out that it's not worth waiting. And I went out along the Do street. and I can't... want that, job. And I walked along, and when I got to 100, you know, I remember yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, show, well, yeah. I am barely 15. Well, I am 15 then. <laughs> and I've gone along I've said, um, no, we're already getting 100 copies and some... He pushed in, he held up space for his mate. I've been here since... And they all started arguing, I thought, oh no, you shouldn't do this. Why didn't you say... Everyone's arguing on the street. And then someone from Musicland ran around and said, Musicland's open, they've got them. And there was this stampede (laughs) around the Musicland, and I was saved by it. But Dark Side of the Moon certainly came out three months before. And Elton John, getting back to his car, used to be parked outside the uh, uh, one-stop in uh, South Mountain Street. Sometimes he'd wait there because you get a call from the airport saying... Uh, they're on the way. They're yeah, on the, the way. way. Yeah. And the lorry uh, that brought them, and it, had, it was like a mobile library inside. It had little stairs and you know a little ladder. And you go and have like, 10 so copies of exciting. new Al Green album, 20 copies of new Stevie Wonder album. So a new Todd Rundgren album down there. Oh man, you know. Uh, and then change all the covers in the window. There's only three of us working there. But Elton used to sit outside and wait for the lorry sometimes. And because he works in a record shop. For which was just,
4: particular records
2: would he have been waiting? He for? had a standing order, Elton John, for two of every album, three of every single, two of every cassette, and one of every eight track. Everything. Because
4: yeah, he still has this. Library, doesn't he? He, sold I, 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 he sold it a
2: couple oh, of times. He sold it a couple of times since, right. yeah. But then he had a standing order for, and, that, and it was a. a That's space everything of everything. What mean everything in place? everything? No, everything that came out. If, if, if a rep came in. It's, not very, then, it's it? not very discerning, is it? It's not very discerning. I trusted
0: you to be discerning <laughs> no, was, the shop being everything. No, it was no, everything. I just it, want yeah.
2: everything to come out. Uh, but you've got to remember in 73, particularly, Elton John was responsible for, the, the. I think, have a look at the statistics, saying like 2% was, of, all of all records, all records sold. sold in the world, right, including yes. classical, everything. Yeah. Uh, and it was his big passion because he'd uh, been with a record shop. But when he used to come in, and of course people used to go, I mean it was not much bigger than this small room we're in there, the actual shop, and the space behind it was tiny. Totally. You, could, you could not have two people who walked behind the counter at any time. Uh, you could be behind the counter, but the little alleyway that led was to he the show. Oh gold, did John have Oh, get Did it he have of a pair John? of enormous yes. spectacles with but, windscreen wipes? Yes, he of all yeah. of that, and, yeah. it, and the bib and braces suit, and a would come into the yeah. shop, and there was a, a, a a rather like the one that a that bit of a little no, bit falls on, little bit of a tiny counter about a little long and he would open up the counter and go behind and immediately start serving himself he would get down and get on all the singles because he knew how they were file, he knew what he wanted to have, a little <laughs> list of things mid- he'd And people would come in unbeknownst because he'd be crouched down behind the camera yeah. where we kept all and the that, singles. <laughs> and then people would say, Hello, have you got I Love Taboogie Boogie'?" Boy, and, and Elton John would come up. Ah! <laughs> 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 and he would say, and he would serve them say that's alright what, what you're after and they would say um, have you got Swamp Dog single yeah Swamp Dog well I was on WAND so it would be WND something so. I'm not, I'm and, he you're doing. and he would serve and he would serve of course he, he got a kick out of it yeah. uh, Jagger came in once because uh, so this uh, as 70, uh, I say what year we about 72 73 I mean I started in 72 73, 74 when I was I mean, that's the kind of thing, uh, McCartney had an account there and stuff, and uh, he never used to come in, people used to come in from it. Anyway, so uh, uh, Jagger came in once, and he bought Doby Gray's Drift Away album. Uh, he came in a couple of times, but I not remember this specifically. And, you know, I wasn't Plaza, I'm only 15 from Deptford, but I was, you know, I was hip to it by an Mick Jagger. And he had a huge bouncer with him. And he came and said, have you got, uh, great. I said, yeah, yeah, because he's in the window, you know. Uh, so I got him, he got a sealed copy. Yes, I, mean, I got a sealed copy. I'm not going to do one out the window. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the impulse used to be two ninety nine, two ninety nine. 99 2 your impulse. Soil. Which was you know, something. Yeah. And, uh... He took a fiver and he gave it to the bouncer, given that he's as far away from me as you are, yeah. who took it out of his hand and placed it on the counter. And I put the change in the bouncer's hand, who then took it and gave it to Mick. And I loved it. <laughs> <that. laughs> I loved it. He didn't directly deal with me. Oh, he, uh, yeah, yeah. Louis XIV. Uh, it was a, completely at home. And I thought that was a, a lot of fun. Uh, when I did uh, the stones with TFI Friday in Chicago, I reminded him this. And he couldn't remember. But I did remind him of it, and he didn't seem to remember it. And I said, Dobie Gray's Drift Away. He went, yeah, I've got that album. I said, yeah, oh, no, I know. T- that's you. what I'm telling you. I sold it <laughs> to you. And you don't remember it. Yeah. Uh, but it was just a very hip hub. I mean, you know, uh, I, I suspect that uh, a lot of high fidelity was based upon that small network, Contempo, One Stop, Music Land, because people forget that. I mean, easily they forget. Certainly, you know, anyone under the age of 60 probably doesn't know that. I mean, Virgin right. Records, of course, used to be above Shelley's Shoe Shop. It Oxford did. Street. the
0: first one I went into. With the world's biggest headphones.
2: Biggest headphones. Uh, they
0: were like pilot, airline pilots' headphones. And you could recline on huge, great scatter cushions. Yeah, yeah, I And yeah. listen to a Doobie Brothers record. Yeah. If you could bear the weight of these
2: headphones on yeah. your they head. They were just, to, but off. it was a, I would say, it was a, the room above Shelley's. you walk through Shelley's, stair, stair, stairs, stairs, stairs the at the back. back. you yeah. walk up the stairs. Sometimes Richard Branson himself behind the counter, uh, and I've spoken to Richard Branson since, and I said, and all I thought was very bold, you had all the bootlegs on the wall. Yes. A Deep Purple's H-bomb. He went, we never sold bootlegs. Yes, so, Richard, did. you did. Yeah. Yeah, unless you didn't recognise them. You staff. didn't know they were. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes. Well, did we read? I said, yes, yes. And I thought that was very bold, because, you know, uh, you had all these bootlegs out, you know, wooden nickel and all these albums.
0: And they but, also used to sell lots of, uh, I think, what they used to call paraphernalia. Paraphernalia, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, uh, that was that the only place, place, place you could... Well, just yeah. anything. Yeah. Know, yeah. Kind of a Hunter Thompson book. or oh, a, yeah, yeah. Of, It was kind of hippie kit. It was
2: paraphernalia and legal highs. Legal highs. <laughs> God, horrendous sort of herbs.
4: Yes, and
0: smoke, you know, could above get the, get the
2: counter. There. Uh, but they, I don't know how many records they sold. Pl- Play of a few because and the eventually... smell of those shops, the wonderful
4: fragrance oh. of of basically marijuana Petulio. And old, Petulio Petulio Sweat Sweat, sweat, sweat uh, old t- And go an an there. Album. And from My friend Nick in Labrador Grove we must be about whenever when did when Moon Moondance come out 72 70, 70, 71 71 and we went in there we sat there until they eventually didn't throw us out because they never throw you out but about No that was about, the thing About 2 o'clock in the afternoon they said hey man like, you have listened to it like 16 times man are you going to buy it again No because <laughs> we're going to boy- talk talking <laughs> about it. You see you, you were going to buy
0: it we bought born straight away we, you, you, we just want to hear the They thing. wanted you there because you were part of the ambience Yeah we were it were a window dress Young chaps with long hair. I'm going going on that
2: route, as I say, of those record shops that uh, were. Doe Bells. Doe Bells, of course. Blessed Men. Yeah, Yeah. and you know, people say there was no apartment, HMV, that one up by Bond Street. Incredibly, in those circular things, that space where the Virgin Room used to be. Was the space of the first megastore? He bought that block in the end, didn't he? Where the megastore was,
0: it that covered. Oh yes, That yes. covered where Shelley's shoe shop which used it, to be. Yeah, yeah. And it um, became that, and is now. <laughs> oh,
4: is. was never going to. Yeah, so everybody, it? everybody who works in the record shop has got an equivalent of someone coming in saying, "I want a record by." I can't remember his name, but I think it's the loneliest monk. The lonely, uh, the, uh, the, the, it's the loneliest, the one. loneliest yeah, monk. The, the, the loneliest. There must, monk. Have, there, there must have been one that happened to you. We
2: did. uh, uh What I'd say the clientele were quite hit. That's true. it was. It was very. It was quite. You don't get no, what we starts, mainly got? No and that. I never earned more money in my life, pound for pound. Uh, it, it reason dear old one stop probably went out of business. Uh, everyone was playing the piano on the till, everyone because oh, really, uh, we had even we, we were huge, <laughs> yeah, <from laughs> That's how we learned. But we, we we were very big on soul and uh, uh, and what became disco the early days of that, certainly in '73, '74. We had everything, we sold more of that than yeah. anything, and uh. Uh, Arabs used to come in from discotheques yes, in the in, in, in in. Middle East, yeah. They used definitely. to come in and say, hello, I have a discotheque in Bahrain. Um, everything new. Uh, yeah. Everything new. And they would put £300 in yeah. 1973 on the counter. I will come back in two hours, you give me everything. You know, sorry the accent here, but that's how it is. But, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And I'd say, right. Now, I had to walk three paces from the counter to the till, and it was the, the, the pre-modern till days. I would ring up four ninety nine and trousers, some two hundred and ninety. With, with which you could buy a three-bedroom Victorian house in uh, but, uh, in, in, in Clapham. Uh, uh, Not only that, but I was, when Rex used to come in with Barry White and stuff, which is huge, they would say, uh, "Oh, I've got new Love Unlimited album." And uh, if John was, because John was a manager and he had his own racket yard, it wasn't always quite as flamboyant. I remember doing that though. That was when we got bought out by Harlequin actually, uh, because Harlequin had a central stock. You'd go to Great Street. were all there. You'd go there and say, hello, I'm from South Mountain Street and you'd sign in and take all records on a forklift, not a forklift, a, a little barra yeah. and take them back to your shop. They never checked if you were from Sawad. Walk in there and say, hello, I'm from Coventry Street, Branch. In you'd go. I'd load it up, load you straight to a taxi, take it down the old Kent road and knock a matter of pound a pub. <laughs> and Quinn eventually went skidding. We your honesty, sir. Yeah, really? <laughs> I've got to tell you, that was what it was. And in one stop, under-ringing, anyone who works in a shop or used to work in a shop, under-rung, you did it. That's how you, you know, I was paid £14. 12 or something uh, for the week but under ringing brought you another 100 pounds I used to have great big Wolfdale speakers we lived in a, a, a council flat didn't in, they in... It get suspicious of no but on. there was d- d- when, there was when one when the workers were area... buying
4: brown Bentleys off
2: Elvijon oh, d- <laughs> you know the thing is you, you spent it all on other records to be fair I mean, yes you know, uh, putting it all back You're you didn't want back. anything else it was, yeah. it was putting it all back I can't Good think of word. anything else I bought you didn't on... want
0: anything else no. you had a
2: few bits of hi-fi I, I had a really good hype I went to Alaska And bought this machine That I still used Until two years ago But didn't
4: you or Probably a lot of the people Listening Didn't you live for a long time, Long period of time In your late teens Early twenties With a mattress An electric kettle And an enormous record collection yes. Well I, I lived at uh, home, and, and till old home. I lived and, at and and home f-
2: to, yeah. I lived at home Till I was twenty And uh, the In a, in a uh, May Sainette's we lived in And my bedroom Floor Was making the front room Ceiling bow Because I put all my Records anyway In those hard PVC covers Buying the double ones for oh, yes. the double albums yeah. And all yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> and all the singles had their own seven-inch, and those are heavy enough in yeah, themselves. They are, when they you are. get take them indoors, <laughs> oh yeah. And my dad said, yeah. Their ceiling's gonna come through. <laughs> I didn't know what to do because I couldn't get rid of my records. Uh, I didn't measure them down. An awful else.
4: idea of being killed by a copy of Two Quid Deal by <laughs> <Alley,
2: slicing laughs> <air>. Prettily <laughs> a slumber. But it really was making. <laughs> and I, I, I used to keep them also stacked up in the way you're not supposed to, you know, on top of each other, so they made a long mm. column. And the weight must have been oh, outrageous. Yeah, yeah. I had, like everyone, hundreds and hundreds, but I knew every single one of them. And yeah. uh, you still got them. I've, no, what happened, I sold all my records in uh, uh, about 76 when Skytrain was little and you go to America for 60 quid. Uh, and I sold my record collection and uh, it's waxed and waned up till about 10 years ago when I started making it wane and wane and wane. And I've, I've got a very, very healthy record room. Last year I sold... Uh, because I genuinely started which to think... Which
4: is wax and which is wine? Wax is more or, <laughs> or
2: wax is less? Did I say oh, wine and wine and wine? Yes, yeah. wine and wine and wine. Of course it looked wax. I meant wax and wax and oh, wax. Wax and <laughs> wax and wax. Wax my wax. It's I'm like too thick and thin. So you know? I do apologise. Right. Uh, so, uh, uh, but uh, two years ago, uh, I actually thought, uh, yeah, my wife's always said the great phrase whenever I sneak records indoors from... Oh, bridge, I love this, yeah. It's you've got enough records, yeah, which it's is it's a little bit of trouble. It's a so You've got enough <laughs> oxygen, forget you, that. Did you say <laughs> the same about shoes with her? <laughs> no, I don't. You know, yeah, it feel all exactly that. the same. I also, hats. Because yeah. I secretly think she's right, because when I bring home another copy of a record, she can, You've got that. I've seen that on. Oh, of course, I can't leave a copy of *A Wizard of True Star*. There, I think. Well, I'm not going to leave that for a pound, or as no, you used to it. now it's all gone. You can't. Uh,
4: There's so a lovely bit in the. It was a lovely interview with Danny by Dave, in fact, in, the, in Word Magazine, well, a month or two ago. It's a lovely bit, and I thought I haven't quite got to that stage of my life yet, but I, but I hope I'll be well enough to, to uh, well off enough to do it. She Danny, when he can't find a record, simply buys the tune. No, well, on it, iTunes I've not organised so. singles and stuff. I <laughs> can't be bothered to go upstairs and get it. so I just buy it. Well, finding <laughs> but, it when, when you've got a lot of records course, it, I well,
2: didn't that with 79 pence you think. Well, I mean, I tell you what. Couldn't find the other day. Uh, couldn't get it right by the climax. Chicago uh, Blues. Band. Oh yes, and it's not right. on well, iTunes. You need a copy of it. I know it's not on iTunes, yeah. and I they were very trawled good. through all of my singles, which you know I've got in boxes. that you think? Oh, I, where did I point. place that in seventies heads bands? Seventies bands. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you do. You oh, do, Danny do, Kelly genre. made. Danny Kelly made me do that, but it didn't last very long. Genre classification. So I tried to. Action. I mean, I've got. You know, didn't take. You no know, Beatles and comedy and all that kind of. S- but then again, sometimes I'll just put it in a Have box, which makes it worse because now. Anyway, I couldn't so find it, and you can't find that. makes
4: me think, have we got time to do Unsung Heroes of the early 1970s? You know, Go on. You well, know, I don't know, Brewer's Troop, you know, somebody that you saw... Oh, like, later than that, the early yeah, 70s. I, I,
0: well, when, when, I, I, I... Danny will have seen... I inquired for just
4: every terrible yeah. band. <laughs> I mean, I saw, I made a point of just ticking them all off, you know. Is there some terrible band that you've uh, I remember. I remember, uh, un- in,
2: in terms of being fobbed off uh, in... Uh, when I would, I had ticket for that Zappa concert when he was thrown off the stage. Oh, and good. and and we broke his leg. Or something broke his leg, our yeah. right boyfriend got on stage and threw him the Yorkshire pit. Now friends yeah. of mine had got. Doesn't tickets. happen often. Doesn't happen often. It's
0: only happened recently with Stephen
2: Flat Tyler. Yes, of course. He's now getting elderly and confused. Yes, of course. And well, wanders off the. And this one, you know, and so okay, the, the well. poor old right hander that the woman got last week while signing her book. Oh, well, very well, that's rarely true. do the public. It's terrible. it's oh, yeah, well, yeah, such yeah, an isolated incident. It is such an isolated incident. And why does it... Well, well, let's not suggest John Lennon, but nevertheless. <laughs> so I do apologise, but there are when it happens. We know it happens yeah, but when sometimes the public decided you know, to become their own critique. So anyway, uh, but Zappa famously was thrown off the stage at a Rainbow. Now, friends of mine had was got he tickets. Off? He didn't yes, fall yes. no, he threw jealous him. Jealous boyfriend, on. jealous boyfriend got on and Zappa thought, "Who's this?" and threw him into well, so the and his high old stage. Upended. This I'm guy. sure people who hear this will be able to write you and, and uh, who were there. Friends of mine were there because we had not stopped ribbing them for weeks because they bought tickets for the early show. And they said, oh, no, we didn't know. And they got tickets back for the uh, 5.30. That was in 30s. the days when two. Two did two, they did two shows. shows. They did two shows. And as we come out of the station towards the, the rainbow, people were coming this way, and we thought, lovely, it's just turned out. And they were saying, show's off, cancel?" We, Yeah, 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 because that's what you do, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. no, he's been thrown off the stage. He's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we got there, and there was this hastily put-together bald speaking about bands uh, that may have slipped through the cracks, um, and it said, Ticket is still valid if you wish to see the extended set of support band coaches <laughs>
4: oh, And I really said, hmm. We, we're, we're backstage going...
2: definitely trying to write
4: some
0: more songs. Cochise! <laughs> one member, I think I'm right in saying, one member of coaches is represented on the CD with the current issue of Word, or the next one. Really? B.J. Cole. Of Wasn't course. B.J. Cole? Oh, Cole. Cole. Cole was, B. J. B. J. Cole was the B.J. Cole. B.J. Cole the steel guitar player Of course he and is.
2: And of course they were on U.A. at the same time as Apple's, and that was a right. U.A. That's period. That's how they got on they were support. Yes. And if we wanted to, our ticket was valid <laughs> to uh, go in and watch an extended set, instead of seeing <laughs> <But> the Mothers' <laughs> Invention you had and you had in, whole evening in their you crying into a pint of water And we sat, and you know when you stare at something, you think there's another way here, there's something else here, and and people were coming out and f- uh, we were worried to run into our friends and said, "Well, ah, you missed it. Yeah. Uh, but we a, a, didn't go in to see Cochise. However, I eventually did see Cochise supporting Rory Gallagher at the Festival Hall. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And oh, a woman sat next to me watching Cochise with a bag of oranges. An elderly lady had a bag of oranges and I kept thinking me were all nudging each other. Again, an old... It's, it's always funny to see an old girl at a football match or, or yeah, a concert yeah, yeah. it's an old girl and she had me. this bag of oranges and they'd finish. it. As soon as Coachie's finished, she got up and went. It must have been one of Cochise's nans. Oh, so <laughs> brilliant. It must have Which been. is cool. She yeah. just sat there and her boy was down there for a play. Danny yeah, Cole. Not interested in Rory at all. She yeah. just, off she went after that and sat in a bag of oranges. That is Cochise. brilliant.
0: Uh, well, mums have got to turn up, haven't they? You know, it's got to be done. To done. I always see a terrible play in the West End not long ago. It got sent by uh, Front Row, Radio 4. Yeah. And it was so dreadful. It was clearly, it was dying on its arse all the way through the <laughs> first half. Got to got to the interval the the elderly lady sitting next to me struck conversation with my wife and myself and it became clear that her son was a member of the cast and then my Is wife you? said oh my husband's review oh, that's no oh, she, oh. Let she there, no she leaned over to me this woman with complete understanding in her face Be she kind. said she said What are you going to say? Ah! Did she? She did. I thought, that's the definition of bad. If your own mother is sitting out there and
2: knows it's terrible. That's That's terrible. Clever trick once when I was doing the six o'clock show. A red nose trouser dropping picture post for the London area. Uh, When uh, we... uh, And there was a hypnotist booked, (laughs) and this hypnotist with a full tux and everything, and I thought, you know, uh, and they said, because I said, I don't believe in hypnotism on one of the shows, and they said, so they booked this hypnotist of the old school to come in. And in rehearsal, you know, he said, now, what's going to happen is, and I'll sit here, and I had some zingers ready, I thought. In rehearsal, I was a good lad, and I said, okay, mate, and I thought, but uh, you know... uh, the expense of his career sadly but there it was, I was young and hungry <laughs> and uh, I thought because we were live and I thought when you do this tonight I'm going to pretend to and these lines ready to go and because he was doing all the you're getting sleepy you're doing all that he said don't do it now this but tonight like the I'm Alan
4: Partridge it. episode <laughs> really, really just, I so I'm sitting on this
2: chair and, uh, and there he was the great you know it is now, wallpaper row and out he came and sat uh, uh, and you know now then you're going to start doing all the spiel I'm looking and you're looking at the audience and being broad and they're laughing yeah, yeah, and giggling yeah, yeah. go on Dan, you know. I don't believe in this he said it's going to yeah. happen as he comes he said now I'm going to whisper in your ear now and as he was absolutely true as he got towards me he just said that little boy in the front is my boy and I looked, and there was a kid full of hope and looking straight at us. Do you think he does that every time? I don't know. So and brilliant. I thought, oh, what you did In order to, Oh, you, I went under like that for him. I did <laughs> yeah. everything he asked <laughs> for me. And I was no more hypnotized yeah. than anyone in this room. And I thought, ask. And so he said, so there he is. And I said, oh, I well, I that didn't believe. That, oh, he said, brilliant. that boy in the front. And there was a kid sitting there, and he was looking at me full of hope and love, and, you know, whether it was his yeah. granddad or whatever it was. Yeah. And, I, and I
0: went under for him. Story Danny, a story you've got to tell. Which I heard you tell on the radio not long ago, and I, I'm sure Mark hasn't heard this, and uh, and I'm sure Unlikely, many people recall. It's climbing. about taking the Conquer champion to New York. So, yes, no, I don't know this. The same
2: show, a six o'clock no. show. So, uh, we uh, uh, it was cause that's a Hardy annual, although it may have some truth in it these days that uh, Conker's dying out as a. <laughs> You know, it's over-romanticised. Oh, it. it's uh, health but and safety, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Well, it's just, you see, the fact is that it's just, that, you know, whatever it is. People like to say, oh, Conker's years ago. Well, I don't remember his being that great a sport, but leave Conker's aside for a second. There is a British Conker, or was, a British Conker champion. Yeah. And he was a fella from Rutland, and he was in his 70s, <laughs> and he'd never been outside of Rutland. Uh, uh, and they said, wherever the champions I've been, I've been to Leicester, he said, but, uh, you know, he said, Rutland, I don't, you know, when I say never, he just never leaves Rutland. We well, asked him to come to London, he said it was only the third time he'd been to the Capitol, oh, never stay, I turned straight up, unless I've got to meet somebody, whatever. 70 years old, and he turned up in the studio and he had a yellow T-shirt on uh, with... British conquer champion in those iron on letters, and he had like a bullet belt of conquers across him, shorts, he looked like a scout master. He, had
4: so- he actually was carrying, he was, he was, he was, he was packing. Yeah, in Conkers, and I you know, and he was so proud of this, and, and
2: he was plainly very good. In case somebody drew on him. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly, you never know. Oh, he had all these God. Conkers. Anyway, so he was a big hit on the show because he was eccentric, but he to his word, he went straight home afterwards. About a month later, we were doing a show from New York. Why a local London show? would we'll do a show in New York, but God, you know, God bless the budget. So off. Uh, so they said, someone said in the meeting, wouldn't it be great to take the Conker champion out to Broadway and play with the people on Broadway and do vox pops? Do you know what this is? Do you know? And we took him out there, and uh, he, he agreed to do it. Now, so he, they have Conkers in America? I don't know exactly. That's I mean, where we would went. Have thought to. That wasn't a very traditional. Sport. We stood there, uh, you know, just by Central Park and stuff. And the Americans are brilliant at vox pops, of course. Yeah, yeah, give me a go, and they loved him because he was so, you know, crazy and British and quirky, and. Uh, he played conquers against people. It's got to be said, a couple of them, whether he was nervous or not, knocked his straight out of his hand, and they were beating him, as the Americans would, once <laughs> yeah. they take up a sport. They've only took the sport up ten minutes ago, <laughs> yeah. but already they're Olympic champions. It, it went very well, it went very well, and we got a great piece out of it, and we were standing on in New York to do it for the rest of the week, and he had come out for the first day and was going back the next morning. And the next morning we all came down to have breakfast and he was getting a flight about one o'clock or whatever it was. And he was sitting there and at breakfast he was very quiet and then he started weeping. No! And we all said, you know, oh Stan, you no. all right? Broken man. Uh, so said, like, I'm sorry, I'm silly, awful, but I've been thinking about this. He said, I've had such a great time when I came to your show and here in New York and I've always had this thing, I'm, I'm you know, I'm Rutland, I've wasted my life, haven't I? <laughs> And we said, going, what, no, have, what have we done? What have we? I said, got no, I said you know that's why people love you. We saw it was all right with them, but you know I'm 73 now. and What have I been doing? And we were oh no, yes. what what have we lifted We've the veil We've this here. man. Exactly. We let daylight in upon oh. stagnant magic, A stagnant magic. <laughs> and <laughs> and he, he, magic, and it was really up. We put him in the car, and he was, we were all his best friends. And the car took him off to the airport, and well, you don't know after that. How are you going to keep him down on the farm?
0: Uh, but I think, think it's a so film, that. that, that expected, is it is, it's a is little that. film, so that. he never
4: quite believed that there was a world better than rock. Well, a lot, you know, a lot of yeah. people are like that. Oh, yeah, they yeah, yeah, like
2: yeah, that, yeah. you know. But yeah. and, uh, it, it, it's suddenly, uh, I mean, I, I, I tend to think, you know, when he gets to sort of 72, Morris is going to eat a steak and go, oh, no. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, no yeah. oh, no, oh, no. you It's, what a, what a it's juicy and ingredient. delicious. It's so
3: nutritious.
2: It is. That's exactly what's going to happen. Listen, it's a, it's a
4: film. It's a film. Uh, that guys, yeah. on Forty Second Street, you know, in a huge <laughs> line of of, of, of girls
0: Conquest. dancing. You know, it's brilliant.
3: The word, a magazine, a website, a podcast, a way of life.
0: Prior to this podcast, we, we asked uh, the word massive if they had any questions for Danny. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, and uh, somebody wanted to know, uh, knowing your interest in uh, yeah, tell you we, yeah, tell you one, yeah, uh, tell In prog rock, is are the, are the King Crimson This is Spooky Dirt. Mm. you sent this? Are the King Crimson remasters worth it? Really worth it, particularly the they've first one. they have done all of them, are they? No, they've done uh, um,
2: uh, In the Wake of Poseidon, uh, In the Court of the Crimson King, An Observation by King Crimson, and Red. <laughs> of
4: course, that's, that what what it, was that really? that's, that's the full name!
2: Yes, An Observation no, no, by King Crimson. C- colon, An Observation, an observation by, by King, King Crimson. Crimson. Yeah, that yeah, the full title? In, in the Court of the Crimson like a Shakespearean King, play, An a, so Observation true, by, by King Crimson. Uh, and what tremendous observation it is. Uh, but th- that is the... That, that's the keystone. That's the lodestone. <laughs> and it's beautiful because they've actually done things like putting on... Uh, uh, they've taken Greg Lake's vocals off to which you may say the sky is dark with hats but it's not um, it is not it's not true because he's a great vocalist uh, on, especially on there uh, but they have put those on there to show you how insanely inventive and witty and also just brilliant those songs are I mean ain't about time changes and all of that but how on earth did these young men not leaning on a past catalogue and it is very, very close to what jazz was doing when bebop come in all the tradition. It said, oh, those, you know, in, in Amadeus when the king says, mm, too many notes. There's just too many notes. Well, there's not. And it's just very delicate in places. And, you know, I could rattle on about that forever. But they're very, very worth it. And uh, about time as well. And I love that review. Um, I think it was in Word that said well, sometimes yeah. uh, it has, it's not about... Um, uh, uh, remastering, sometimes it's not about uh, re-establishing a reputation or rejuvenating an old classic. Sometimes it's just a matter of saying you were wrong. And I think a lot of people are now looking and saying, Do you know what, yeah, they're insane, but there's uh, so much pride bound up in, the, in uh, about mean, well, people, people kind of, the, 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 the great punk. The great, great punk yeah. year zero, which is nonsense as we know, because uh, you know, everyone from, well, everyone involved in it. In fact, Year Zero said a lot of times, uh, they say it was Year Zero, it wasn't. It was the Tin Hat, is what it was. Because. It was the, the end. It was the end of a period between, I mean, alright, they so said there's six years between the Pistols and Woodstock, and in that time, you know said the second rise of Motown with Wonder and so, Marvin Gaye. Okay. Reggae coming uh, good again after the Trojan uh, yeah. formative years. You had Proc. You had the singer-songwriters with uh, uh, James Taylor coming through and everyone doing their own stuff. Black Sabbath invented heavy rock. You had glam rock with Bowie coming through. Yeah. All this in this period of six years. Yeah. So the reason that punk rockers said we're bored... Is because nothing had happened, nothing had been invented for a few months. Yes. So, yeah, so you know, and you had the true. pub rock start yeah. and any kind of thing. You, yeah, it's you incredible. Extraordinary. You had yeah. the Bette Midlers
0: coming through, the Johnny Mitchells and things like that as well. Both ends of the. What amuses th- me is the argument was also you people have been around too long. Yeah, which was said by a load of people who then proceeded to stick around longer <laughs> than anybody. Were, yeah. yeah, longer than the Ted's. Everyone hated it, the Ted's, and the t- t- Ted's were
2: only twenty years distance. Yeah, uh, but equally, you know, uh, everyone from wobble. Now, it, I'd have never understood that difference uh, between can and it was like palmer, I didn't. I think, I think, and great, and all of that. But that was somehow, people could come out of the closet earlier and say, oh, I love Trap Mars Replica, which I don't think is a patron in The Court of the Crimson King and Observation by King Crimson. But, I, I just, <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that idea that it was a year zero and all we want to get back to his little song, they didn't. And also, it's not like anyone does that marches but, to that same it was, beat. Because you well, and I were at the NME
4: at, at the time, you know, 77, 78, when this was going yeah. on. And, and as far as I can see, people had just drawn a line but it was a completely artificial line, because certain people were allowed to exist in the past. Bowie was one, and Lou Reed, as supposed to that Iggy Pop, actually, was possibly more important than those two. Yeah, absolutely. It's and, like- and so Iggy Pop was just allowed to have been Iggy Pop back in the day, whereas, you know... Um, I don't know, Van Morrison or whatever. these guys, they're, they're Van Morrison, we've given up with him, we've got Kevin Rowland. But no? that idea, that we idea we as well we that nothing was
2: happening, all there was was
0: bloated bands playing stadiums. No, there Nonsense, wasn't. No, no there wasn't. Go and look at the Grace albums from 1976, it's arguably the best year ever. Yeah,
2: yeah, and even in 75, 75 sem- give a few examples Little of those 70, Little, right? Feet Little Feet's pump was there, Roxy Music's pump was then. Yeah. There was loads going on, but this accepted, nonsensical wisdom that it was all the Eagles and Pink Floyd playing it all was cool. Well, there was that, and the same as there is now, same as there was before that. But equally, Stones albums weren't too bad around then, and a million other groups between the cracks that you have to pay a fortune for now. But certainly groups like... People like to think Roxy Music and Bowie finished in 73, and then there was this long gap yes. until Punk came along and rescued it. People, people sat around People scratch. sat going. I, <laughs> go, I you wish know Punk would be a bit. Exactly. Yeah. And like... like, and like, like Jimmy and Exactly. And like Punk <laughs> never had anything that was a drag <laughs> yeah. to sit through either, you know? Hello, Ricky and the Last Days on Earth. Uh, <laughs> uh, hello, Bernie Torme. And all those yeah. groups used to pad out bills. And I've got to say, hello, Alternative TV, my good friend's group, that are now being taken very seriously. But there was you know, it's a bunch of... The old maxim, nobody knows anything, applies to then. And this accepted wisdom, though, is just too tired and too easily to explode. Yeah. The idea that, yes, and then in 77, you know, Emerson Lake and Palmer were dealt a death blow. There was just one name on the scene. You could did like but it. Him, was fun, was fun in 77 to watch a load of people who couldn't
4: play, enjoying the fact they could get on stage and not play. And, and, yeah, and it was... A, don't, punk play. was and and good even too. more exciting to see people who could play, pretending they, they could. Couldn't. And to, not only that... it's a is, really is, is even example, f- all really,
2: really good musicians. <laughs> it was even...
4: Trying to pretend they just picked up these instruments. <laughs> and it's
2: even funnier to... Now, we all knew at the time that people like the Clash and everyone else had all the albums that you had. It yes. was only people that yeah. knew about music that got involved in punk. It wasn't a load of bored kids on the stage said, Let's start rock and roll bands, because no, not even the Ramones well, did. Johnny that. Rotten,
4: I remember in an interview probably in Kew, I think. Somebody said something abusive about Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, and he literally took his coat off, and rolled up his sleeves, you know. Yeah, and, and people go, We didn't expect him to do that. I because now it's, now it's all
2: right, but as I say, yeah. you still see this nonsense all over the place, and there was a thing recently about the feel-good saying they came along and people said oh at last we've got somewhere to go it's just yes, it's stupid not true. No, no, no. There, were, there were much more concerts going on than there are even now but that article that you are talking breath. about would have been written by somebody who wasn't there at the
4: time exactly my, 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 my real rank with all this is, is I'm constantly reading music magazines which start with those you know, it was an otherwise uneventful chilly afternoon yeah, I know September. mate you were fucking and they weren't. what there. are you talking about yeah, so, you remember, I it was alive that time, period yeah.
2: that period as well you know <laughs> Bob Marley and the Whalers were playing the Lyceum yeah. the, during the, you know, in, what was that, 75, 76? Dave was that? 75. Yeah, yeah. 75. Yeah, Dave so what, what, what? Particular period you talked about when there was no music to go and see, no, no groups to go and see. Yes, you had Doctor Feelgood. Yes, you had the Wireless. You had Al Green in town. You could go and see Sammy Davis and Frank Sinatra if you wanted. The idea that in we're fact, all the saying whole idea yeah. of periods oh. in music exactly is ridiculous, of it's
0: ludicrous. Yeah. Apart from That's you know, true. problem, problem now. So true. <laughs> <for some laughs> now, problem now, a chipmunk and now <laughs> people continue to join music, but nobody leaves. Nobody, nobody retired.
2: All it is is defending your own record collection, which is all anyone's yeah, ever yeah. done. Oh, I always like that. Danny,
4: listeners, oh. uh, is wearing, I noticed, I've just noticed, actually, a very, very faded, and thus a regional, Allman Brothers Eat a Peach promotional T-shirt. Very, very faded, therefore, and therefore not I original, of course. And Greg Allman only the other day. Did, did, did you? you? Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, everyone, yeah. Uh, who can forget where they were when they heard the Butch Trucks gonna passed away? I don't oh. know, nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> you, you probably <laughs> didn't hear it until two weeks after it, did <laughs> <you>? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, 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 like I always said, who can forget where they were when they heard that Eric Estrada had that motorbike accident? And you'd be surprised there were people who re- people actually. people who <laughs> are reticent to say, well, the bloke had chips. I don't remember
0: that. That's entirely the point. But uh, <laughs> you know so the apocryphal tale new. about Eat Peach about uh, the a- a- alleged joke in the album cover. Mm-hmm. Oh, go on. Well, there's a story raged for a little while in the United States, probably before the internet, so it did, couldn't be uh, couldn't be contradicted was a Duane Oman involved in a car accident he was on a bike yeah. hit by a truck it was a peach truck Oh, I've oh, heard that. Yes, that's right. But, again. but now, people deny it. Of course, it, is, it kind of floated for about six months. It's this idea. Though, I like that. It's idea. just it's I like the idea that it's you know, things like that. No, that's absurd. And of
2: yeah. course, like you say, now it'll be uh, three or four websites dedicated to yes. exploding yes. that particular. Yes, yes. different uh, kinds
0: of beach yeah. trucks. It is. It's it made. Beach, much... an observation by David
1: Hepwood. <laughs> 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 somebody, also wants to know, Danny, Ian mean,
0: Appleby wants to know. You you referred to Viv Stanchel the other day on Five Live, some unattributed quote from from Viv Stanchel.
2: Do you know what those Uh, are? Probably because I'd start most shows with... English as tuppence, changing it, changes as canal, water, armoured, and defeat, nestling in green nowhere. Miss shambling, feudal still, opsimath, and eromite, f- b- b- bold flag bearer, uh, Rollinson End. But I always
0: say the So that is his right. I hear that every week, and I didn't. Well, I that's, didn't that's, know that's, the, the, that's
2: the beginning to Sir Henry at Rawlinson End. Oh, well, I must get it out and play it. That's the beginning it that of uh, Sir Henry
0: did. at Rollinson End, yeah. And what did he used to call his butler? The of the wrinkled wrinkle retainer, retainer, of course. yeah. It's <laughs> We got that in stereo, didn't we? I am. Um, <laughs> it's the funniest joke. It is scroto. Going
2: back to the six o'clock show, Liv mm-hmm. was on one. Uh, and, I mean, in every sense, uh, <laughs> uh, we kind of drifted into each was other's he really? orbit.
4: That's incredible. Yeah,
2: li- a live t- life He was on live. T- he was a judge uh, because I've drifted into his orbit, and we were, you know, seeing a bit of each other. And it was the period when he had the. Uh, well, it did quite a long time when he had the, well, the knotted pharaoh knotted beard. Yeah, uh, no beard and all of that. And um, uh, he just came to the what used to be the talk of the town. Is it the talk of the town now? Hippodrome in London. Uh, because we were doing a, so, a, a film-style look-alike contest or something. And I just said to one of the producers... Do you remember Bonzo Dog Bay? No, I didn't say this in front of It's the only way the producer would have known it. you know. Uh, our urban spice, Vivian Stansall, the lead singer. He said, do you think you'd be one of our judges? And somewhere there's a piece of film. <laughs> of, and of course, it wasn't a straight line he drew in his judging anyway. <laughs> I remember at one point, there was a fellow who was supposed to look like um, uh, Richard Dreyfus, the actor. And to the bafflement of everyone, he said, Richard Dreyfuss, uh, no, no, I know who you look like. Richard Hearn, much loved as Mr. Patience. <laughs> 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 and the audience saw, She'd heard him. Mr. <laughs> Patriot was a distant memory it, there. It there a distant memory to me. And, but exactly. just, but he, he, yes, he, d, he did a six o'clock show uh, uh, for us. He also did... Um, uh, uh, no, uh, no, don't go. I'll
0: say that. I'll that <laughs> a Fifth Central. you know how he used to get a carriage to himself on the train? Have you yeah. heard this one? He used to get on the train and, uh, you know, with his long, knotted yeah. beard and his, his strange, you know, cloaks and so forth. And he, he'd occupy a seat next to the window. And as the other would-be passengers were coming down the platform looking for somewhere to, to <laughs> sit, he would he would take his index finger and beckon <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, it's, it's appealing long, to nobody. Probably a long I, witch's nail or yeah. something. Please con- go and sit next yeah, to me. Yeah. I will He's continue. What I was going to yeah. gonna
2: say this, because we're doing Viv stories. The uh, <laughs> the enemy once uh, gave him uh, two pages to write the Viv instantial Guide to freaking out the public and practical jokes. Oh, and uh, he did... On the underground oh, train, he did that. The,
4: the, the, the trousers story. He did the the one tr- like a man. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. That's
2: right. He did the, uh, and he also did one where he wore a very bad wig askew on the underground and pretended to read a newspaper. That's right. While people opposite would nudge each other and go, Look at that And as he saw him, he would fiercely look at them and they'd go, Nothing, nothing. Yeah. And he would just like to get people interested in this bad wig and then challenge them as they looked at him. And he'd go around on the tube and the enemy took photos of this as he went round. But Tom Sheehan, who I believe is Tom Sheehan, who took photos. Uh, of this piece, said uh, that he witnessed Viv actually doing this in real life when he went to his barge, when he was living on the barge. The bar- Viv Stancho was living on a barge in the temple. Where he,
4: he had, as a, what, what did he use as a, as a sink in, in, in the loo, Go do you on. remember? No? It was a, a pith, an African
1: pith helmet. What is he it Turned
4: upside down, waterproofed, a uh, plug inserted in the bottom and plumbed in. A pith, pith helmet, people. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, go, it, go, go, go. Tom, I'm gonna, I'm no, gonna... Tom,
2: Tom said that, that he, uh, he had this thing as well with all those things that fall out of magazines. No disrespect. He he had a habit of when he bought just filling them in, and if they were free post, posting them off. He would be he would replying the most extraordinary names <laughs> and send them off and see what happened whether people respond to these provocative names or anything else. And Tom was taking photos of me on his. Uh, Is yacht and Viv's wearing all the black and the little black cardinal's hat and the long black frock with the beard knotted down here and you know just looking like Viv in his, his full extremes and there came at the top of the of the of the of the boat and it was a salesman who res, who'd responded to one of these things they would set up right <laughs> Is and Mr... Viv, yes, yes and he opened the top of the he pulled back the top of the barge and the salesman's there with a, you know his briefcase and his clipboard and he went oh um. Mr. King Penguin. Listen, 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 right? And Viv goes, yes. And then there's a pause, and the salesman said, I don't suppose Mrs. King Penguin did it.
3: it's it? You know that he's newspaper
4: saying. thing. He had another roost because when, when he turned his <laughs> toes up, I wrote a, a colossal piece for um, for the Mojo, I think, about sixteen pages. But I interviewed twenty seven people, all the Bonzos, McCartney, and Townsend, and you know Steve, women, anyone who ever worked with him. You know, because they all have these fantastic stories. One them, I think I think it was Rod, uh, Roger Ruskin Spear. Yeah, said that the other thing he used to do was there was an agency, well, there still is actually, um, where you can get newspapers delivered on a certain day. People do it for birthday presents, don't yeah, they? Yeah, you know? that's right, yeah. And uh, so he got about four or five newspapers from a, a, a day when there's been a particularly big event, you know, the assassination of Kennedy on the moon, or and he and various of his pals, probably Mooney himself, actually, yeah, yeah. went and sat on the circle line, all reading these newspapers, right? But the newspapers were obviously the Daily Express from that particular day, in 1969, <laughs> in August, you know. So, what, of course, what happens is, it's brilliant, is that somebody gets on, you know, sits there, busying himself, I was the evening stand they look up they go slow take you go, well that's weird <laughs> didn't we land on the moon in-? and then they look to the left and go Oh my God! <laughs> All these people no and, and the entire carriage—it's like something out of uh, *Being John Malkovich*. You know, you're completely freaked out. The entire carriage. And people, I mean, some of these people just simply couldn't take it. You see, you know, one one of those would just become, ran off the tube. Become apocryphal, howling.
2: but in the short time you you spend with him, he was uh, he was just cosmically bored and would look around to do things like this. Uh, and down to the whole appearance, of course, when you thought, "Well, here's someone who probably has... Troubled, you know, because he did look odd in that long smock. And the, oh, yeah, yeah, but he he wasn't. The first yeah. time well, I met well, him was... That was a self-inflicted... He, he, uh, no, no but equally, like. he talk... And, and, of course, if, uh, you know, when the secretaries came and said, yeah, could we get you anything, he, he, of course he was coherent. He just saw no reason why he would live in that kind of world of yeah. sobriety that was expected of him. The first time I'd reminded him that was in the record shop I met, Viv Stanchel. He, uh, well, met him, saw him in real life, in Dean Street, in that very first few weeks I was over there uh he came in with his during his shaved head period and he had like the um fuzzy felt and he had a little right. england uh, uh, the map of the british isles Which he used in fuzzy an felt and he had, a, he had a little little galleon over here that's right. it's on seat. an sleeve
4: is it yeah 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 that's a very famous picture yeah.
2: Well, he came oh, uh, umbrella, is yeah. It is. it has not got the yeah. galleon he i think he's got it, fuzzy felt he's or, got a map of africa or something on his on his head isn't well, he well yeah. <laughs> I He so I went jokes. to see a talk uh, a last little week.
4: little galleon over here. Paul De Noir of his parish did a, 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 did a wonderful um, uh, talk last week. And he was talking about so was about the music of London. And he was talking, as he's written a book about it, He's talking about um, Ian Deary and Viv Stanchel. It was just so fascinating. Yeah. Because he said the interesting thing about both Deary and Stanchel, which a lot of people don't realise, is that they had exactly the same a kind of parental... Uh, background. I'll he had one middle to upper class yeah. parent and one working class yeah. parent. Yeah. and it was so fascinating that Ian Deary chose to play up the the, the working class. I yeah, of course. And of course, Viv, uh, admittedly for, for um,
2: you know uh, ironic and amusing theatrical reasons, played up the upper class. But yes. of course, so and in, and in turn, we... of course, he gave Stephen Fry his voice because Stephen Fry learned to speak like that through listening to, through listening Viv. to Vivian. Because exactly, his, yeah. Stephen's natural uh, is, is kind of an Norfolk twang. You know, and right. Exactly, if yeah. gets angry, yeah. he'll do that. But the actual uh, you know Victorian uh, the, the Stephen Fry cake. was That's purely right. purely based for, on yeah. uh, based on Vivian Sancho. It's he uh, it, 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 it admits he used to sit and listen to the Bonzos and think, well, that's the, that's the way that's the way to do it. And Stephen's now natural speaking voice is purely a learning of Viv purely right. a way of learning getting rid of his South End. Which <laughs> is why
4: it must be very emotional for Stephen Fry, who, who played the part of of Viv, didn't he? when the Bonzos. Yes, of course. He was one of four people. In I've just. <laughs> Uh, and he did, he did those Just days. on jury,
2: uh, I did a tour with the Blockheads, and uh, it was the last tour I did when I was still receptionist at the NME, and the reason I had to oh, give up kidding. being receptionist now, uh, because I went over with Cosmo. You remember Cosmo Vival? Oh, no, yeah. Nobody knows where Cosmo is now. Try and find Cosmo. Nobody knows. He does and, uh, it on what, Also, engine. it may not have been his
4: real name. So I probably won't. Like, I do know his real name.
2: I'm one of the few people who know Cosmo's real name. I'll tell you afterwards. What was the name of the road manager? A Fred. spider, 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 Fred Rowe, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So I went and I, I fell in. I was only supposed to go for two days to um Belgium. Oh yeah, you, you and you, then Holland. You, you didn't come back. Didn't come back. Can no. I remember this? Don't want to go back. Dan, Dan, the spider. Would say, Dan, stay out with us. And I, then do you know, goes, I remember this. Dan, the Dan introduced the band. Go on stage at the Paradiso. Say you're me. I don't know why I had to say I was. Here. Uh, so but I had the greatest time of the Bonzo. Oh, but up with a blockhead. Yeah. Do you
4: know I remember this because I can remember people saying you know d- d- missing an action.
2: Yeah, Baker. I went away. Baker hasn't. But do you know? Filed. Where, do you know? That's at least <laughs> the problem. <filed>. Where is <laughs> he? I stayed away for two and a half weeks, and yeah. I wasn't f- worried about not bringing the copy back, not oh, hitting the deadline. That wonderful Douglas Adams line about the deadlines, you see that? I love to hear them washing. Past- uh, they great. Uh, the, the, the sound, <laughs> yeah. the, I love deadlines. I love the, the sound, sound of that The <laughs> <bushbikes. laughs> <laughs> But anyway, I wasn't frightened. That I was frightened of Val and Fiona, who shared the reception area. Oh, yeah. yes. There. I was in reception on the phones, and Val and Fiona used to be the two secretaries. And yeah, we sat terrifying. in reception. And I'd left, you know, Val said, well, I'll cover for you if you're going away again, because they have to get annoyed if. Didn't I went away. No, I a
4: story about you?
2: No, I, I, made, something, no, I did. Yes, that's right. What I what came back and it's I was so frightened with. to walk in after two and a half weeks, having lumbered them quite rightly with covering for me, so they couldn't take any time off. I got half a tennis ball a t- and t- I put t- it on t- my t- ankle t- 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 and I wrapped a bandage <laughs> around it and I limped into reception and Val and uh, Fiona there with purse slips and they went, "Well, where have you? Thanks a lot. What were you done?" And I said, yeah. "We've well, heard," and yeah, I said, "What?" I said. Broke my ankle when I was away. Well, I ain't broke it, I said, but I said, oh, that's where I've been. I mean, I was a week late. I said, but the reason I was off last week and just bullshit. Yeah. And they went... Well, we didn't hear that, and I had to shave a piece off of that half a tennis ball to, it, to reduce the swelling yeah, as, as the next week's last week. On a week. daily basis. I <laughs> yeah. really did. For ten days, I yeah. affected a limb just to remove myself from yeah. the ira, some say wrath, of the two women at reception. Yeah. But Dury on that tour... Um, not,
0: not the <laughs> editor or anything like no, that. Nothing oh, at no, nothing at no, all I was a receptionist.
4: I was a receptionist.
2: receptionist. Neil Spencer. Anyway, so Dury, I was sit in his room, and he had audio cassettes of Alistair Sim films. Which I, of course, oh, yeah. knew. I knew great chunks of him anyway, and because he, he, he couldn't find anyone else who loved Alistair Sim as much as he did. And uh, he used to sit, listen to the audio cassette of "Happiest Days of Your Life" and "Green the Danger" and all this, and just listen to Alistair Sim's voice. That's the voice. That's the voice. Used to say, uh, and just apropos nothing. One morning in reception, in I don't know, as I say, Paradiso in Amsterdam or somewhere. The lift door up, and it was during his difficult period, by the way. It was when they were just uh, going to be a big star. In fact, if you want to YouTube the top of the Pops appearance when Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick is number one, uh, look towards the edge of the stage. We've just come back from that tour, and at the side of the stage is a very young, very svelte me, singing along with it as an honour. Is Honorary this Lockett, the one where they're so in, in dinner jackets? G- in dinner jackets. There's me. The oh, we i We'll find that. So we've we'll uh, uh, we just come back from there. But I never wonder... Lines, how funny Dory was, and I so say it was during his difficult thing when he was actually getting to be a bit of a swell head and being difficult. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I never saw that, apart from me being really awful to some of the journalists, European journalists. But he came out to lift one morning, he was all went for him, and everyone was getting, come, go up and see the old Ras, what it's called the old Rasb. Uh, he called himself the old Ras. Oh, yeah. the raspberry And Ripple. Spider, no. okay, it's going to come down. What's come down under his own steam? What's come down under his own steam? Fuck off, everyone! Fuck off that reception. <laughs> he's talking to his own employees. It's so, fun. and the lift doors open, and Ian's resplendent there, and he's leaning on his cane. And this means nothing, but it's a line I'd never forgotten. Everyone went, "Come on!" He went, "I squoze." And a dirty green bubble arose. I have no idea what that means. And we all went, what? Went, I, it sounds filthy. I'm not sure why. But the lift door opened. Like, that's that's some he went, I squoze. And, and the a dirty, dirty green, green bubble, bubble arose. arose. And I, hear him say and that. That. I thought, that's going to be, he's obviously obviously been writing and he likes it. I've never seen it ever before. No, that
0: must be a lyric. He sat, sat at the
2: back of the coach of that. And I said, what was that? Well, I squoze and a dirty one? It's lovely, isn't it? It's lovely, isn't it? And
0: thought, yeah. what is but it? he was brilliant to interview <laughs> because most of what he said, he said to amuse himself. Yes, totally. Exactly and, yes. and that's the, that's the great yeah. thing. I was listening to Clive James on the radio this week, talking about his time uh, as a chat show host. And he said there are three types oh, of interviewee. God, yeah. t- three types of interviewee. There's normally human beings, there's walking disasters, and there's self-starters. <laughs> and, the, and it's a really good classification. Yeah. And he talked about uh, Peter Ustinov was a self-starter. Yeah, yeah. He would just come on and do his stuff. Yeah, do his stuff. And he was brilliant. Uh, but he also did it as a defensive shield because you couldn't ask him a question. Yeah. He yeah. did his stuff, you know. Right. Like Bowie 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 was a like that. the same. Bowie's the same.
2: Bowie's the same as that. Bowie, Bowie. when he did Tear by Friday twice, he came on and did the most spectacular, rambling monologues. There was no way in, and he'd say, "How long have I got?" And they'd say, "Well, nine minutes." You know, whatever. He can fill. That and he came level. in and he'd sit down at the table, and Chris would say, "David Bowie, uh, before you start, I've just had the most extraordinary twenty-four hours. I was in." Yeah, yeah, Lagos, yeah. this yeah, time yesterday. Yeah. And he goes, and he could stay with this, and he always does that in his South London, but stay with this, this yeah. is all going to be worth yeah. it. And it would just go on and on, and, and get the audience into hysterics, and, it, and at the end of it, Chris said, so, well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen, David Bowie. And gentlemen, Bowie. he hadn't, done, Bowie. Any, he hadn't yeah. done anything, he hadn't said anything, and he certainly hadn't committed anything that had to kind of TFI Friday vibe. Yeah. But he did that twice, came on, and just came up with his most extraordinary torturous but very funny anecdote and you can see when he was thinking of the next bit because he'd go, now you're with it so far aren't you because this is all going to be worth it and it wasn't a joke or anything but yeah, it was yeah. mesmerising, but he can do that as well, but he's then, not there
0: then that list of difficult questions never stays on the table stays on yeah, the, the table, the, the, table the, yeah but the yeah. difficult questions probably wouldn't have worked on the telly any anyway. no, they no, wouldn't no, have no. It it the moment. Moment. they find ways part of matter. dodging it, they get it out Absolutely. of it yeah, part totally part of. they just plug their new album Totally. so gentlemen, you've both met a lot of rock stars I was going to say, we should do worst worst television moments oh well, I was going to say, no, if you had did. to choose one rock star to interview, from all the ones that you interviewed, oh, and they, wow. and, uh, and do, the, they so would so deliver, and that you would find them interesting, amusing, enlightening, whatever. Well, but it, would be, it, it would be Vivian me, because I have right. really blew that, because the word, not
2: the word, the face got in touch with me, and I never remember the face, and said, uh, oh, he got in touch, he sent me a postcard, which I still got, saying, uh, Dan, uh, the, I'm supposed to be doing this large piece for a magazine called The Face, which I'm sure you know. Uh, I've suggested you do it. What do you think? And I never replied. I never replied for, oh, you know, and it went on and like, and then, as I always say, a few months later he was dead. Yeah. And I didn't do that. I've still got the thing with an extraordinary script of his, you know, which went all over, the, you know, very. Kind of I've of got Cuban some. Cards yeah, and he asked me to him. do yeah. that, and I didn't. because you just think? Oh, yeah. well, I don't really want to do that, or whatever it is at the time. And I think it was about three months before he died. And did uh, he ever? Did he ever mistake.
4: ring you at home? No, no, because Viv got my number, I never actually met him, but I had a major communication with him uh, when we were at mojo. Paul Denoyer and I were thinking, "How can we get Viv involved?" And Paul had the brilliant idea of, of, of making him our driving correspondent. So he was really <laughs> a motoring correspondent. He never actually filed any copy, but that was And then we started this kind of correspondence. And it just sent more and more incredible postcards with that amazing His Italian script. script. And then he would, I gave, me, gave him the home number, and occasionally he'd ring up, and sometimes he was really lucid and really, really funny. And the other times, I mean, this was just before he died, so he was absolutely well, full I, don't, to the I don't know with if I've plans. got
2: something that's uh, worth anyone following up. I was going up an old drawer of cassettes the other day and there was that script on one of them with Stinkfoot and it oh, the yeah. entire recording of his opera which I don't think has ever been put the out ball. and I remember him sending it to me saying this is what it is he recorded one of the rehearsals of it I don't know how many other copies it is but I thought wow and I put it on so it's, it's a fair stab at uh, you know it's all taken yeah I seat. don't think I don't know. Made, I've got it they? on a cassette indoors and I so saw, I saw that sort of writing on a Stinkfoot and because since then I've become such a, 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 a more of a fan of his, and certainly you no know, scholar of his. Yeah. And uh, and I cursed the you know youthful days when I saw nothing extraordinary in hanging around with Vivian Stanshall. I could imagine. And, oh. and, and, uh, and now I think, man, I like this is Stinkfoot, and I sat and played, it and I said, why didn't you? But again, you don't. It's like uh, all that period. I think when you when I was a uh, rock journalist and all that, I thought nothing of it. I thought yeah, nothing yeah. of it. I really, uh, I've still got the files. Well, you get, you get I've still got yeah. files for stuff. Yeah. I don't know why I just kind of kept everything, <clears> and, and no I'm really photograph. glad. You know, Don't tour the pistols. Any photos? No. Hanging out with the Clash all in row. Any photos? No. Being with Michael Jackson in Los Angeles. Any photos? No. Yeah. Because, you be remember, because you don't, because you want to I called, remember you your
4: Michael Jackson piece for the, yeah. for the for the for the for the enemy. So but surely dimly. at one point, I
2: would there's have a bit
4: where you're flying to Los Angeles, and you fly. I, I think if you fly from London to Los Angeles, you go over the south of Greenland. Greenland, I'd, it's I'd called it the itself. Great Green. The, the piece was called the Great Greenland Mystery. The Great Greenland Mystery. And Danny looks out of <laughs> the window, and he works out looking down at the frozen wastes <laughs> of Greenland, uh, populated by a couple of reindeer and a polar bear. He works out this could be the only place in the world where they've only got about four million Michael Jackson. Jackson. Yeah,
2: no, That's right. Uh, it was, uh, if I might, now you've said that, and believe me, I've seen it since then. It's uh, that it had gone multi platinum in every country in the world, but in Greenland it barely turned cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's <line>. It barely <laughs> turned cardboard. Always seen. with the gags. But even the of the art. But <laughs> that, is, that is a tremendous regret, though, that I didn't. Occasionally, t- uh, my friend Tom Sheehan sends us pictures, and I don't remember. I mean, I knew Peter Cook well. I knew Spike Milligan pretty well. Unbelievably, saying things like that. It sounds so lofty Because t- Yeah, Milligan I knew real, really well. But it was wow. out and everything. Uh, at the Cure Walls, I remember uh, Milligan oh, yeah, yeah, maybe me to chaperone yeah. him at that. But that's, that's right. It sounds like, you know, name-dropping, which it is. But I only say it because I felt thought nothing of it then. I my, Certainly, probably why they liked it didn't. Make any big deal about it, but didn't have any photos until you find out the photographer, sometimes during an interview, will take a two shot. Yeah, and yeah. Tom Sheen sent me a great photo around at Peter Cook's house, and I'm in full flood. and Peter Cook's laying back and he's smiling, hopefully, enjoying what was going on. I've no recollection that, that, of it. That, that, no. That's a classic I mean, Danny I Baker interview, incidentally. <laughs> I know, yeah. Peter but, Cook stunned into silence and decided. I, mean, I, <laughs> Le- I, I was in Led Zeppelin for 25 minutes. Do you know this? Come on, yes, I was, no, go yes, on, I was no. in Led Zeppelin for 25 and this I've done that show called. Um, would I Lie to You? No, oh, right yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all basically a modern version of Call My Bluff. It's a lot of fun to do. It's oh, all right. yeah. it's, a, it's one of the... Panel, it. The Radio the, 4 thing. No, no, it's a it's BBC a One. Show. But it's uh, yeah. it's one of the panel shows that's not a bear pit. It's oh, no, really, though, really good. I'm not a fan of that. That's oh, really good. You basically have to, They send a researcher around and say, tell us some implausible stories. And you tell them them. And, uh, and I've got plenty of implausible stories. Uh, I was one of the original models in the London Dungeon. I uh, Actually, my face was model for that and things like that. And, uh, and I said I was in Led Zeppelin for 25 minutes, and I told him that story. And of course, the story they wanted me to run with on the night was I don't have a mobile phone, which seems to be a oh, mundane give, thing. Give us the, give us the media, media for What's it. Time, sir? Well, Zeppelin was at the Q Awards getting the lifetime achievement before they became. Uh, it was just after the box set had come out. Yes, and they only were late. three of them. were actually, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course, but, yeah, there would have been only three. That would have been some, of course, But Jason was going to come, <laughs> and uh, I remember uh, uh, George Clinton was at the same thing. Boy, yeah. that was, that's when the Cure Awards did the Cure Awards, right? So anyway, but, uh, so Zeppelin hadn't been, apart from Live Aid, this was before uh, in their recent you know, getting back together, and I couldn't believe that the Led Zeppelin were going to be there. Danny Kelly was editing at the time. Right, you are sitting at my table. Led Zeppelin were very late, as they're entitled to be. So uh, eventually, uh, there's all these flash cameras going on, and the camera crews. In come Led Zeppelin. Now, it's, sad, it's slightly less now than it would have been then. And they get this table over in the corner, the, the awards go ahead, and I think, sod it. I mean, I had a couple of white wines, I thought, and uh, it was at that place on Park Lane in London. It's yeah, about, it's, Park, about yeah, yeah. it's about a, a, a ten minute run to what used to be Tower Records in Piccadilly. And, uh, so I got a cab. So, uh, <laughs> and I ran out of the awards, and I went down, and then I bought the, uh, I bought two copies of the Led Zeppelin box set that was out, with the, you know. Yeah. And, uh. Well, needs to be big box sets. And I uh, told the cab to wait, and I went back there. And I thought, "Sorry, I'm going to walk over there and get these signed. I'm not, I don't care. All those mistakes I've made in the past, being with extraordinary icons and never doing anything about it. So I uh, stood by the table, and the lights went up, and the thing ended. And there was an MTV crew filming Led Zeppelin, and they were just sitting around the table talking. And, and I went straight over, and I stood there, and I thought, when well, there's a break in this, I'm going to say to uh, Robert Plum, Robert, would you sign this for me? And I don't care how much breaking cool etiquette that is. So I'm standing there, and this is a self regarding story as usual. I was doing 606 <laughs> at the time, the football show. I've been doing that, it was a big hit. Robert Plant looks around, massive Wolf and Wanderers fan. He goes, Danny Baker. I said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He went, Hey, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. budge up, budge up, sit down. He starts talking to me about, Wolf, sit down to get a chair for me. I'm between him and Jimmy Page. The camera crews are still playing far and away. The MTV people are there. And we're talking about this, and he said, Jimmy, and Jimmy's very nice, hello, he'd never seen me before, and John, poor order. I'm sitting there with Led Zeppelin, handling it pretty well, you know. The MTV crew says, who's this guy? And and, and Robert Plant said, he's in the band. <laughs> ah, right? <laughs> and I said, um, so for 25 minutes, I said, and then I said, Danny Baker, and I've never seen this footage. Your so then, they then must he started asking you questions? I started asking questions about it, and I said, well, Jason can't, you know, I'm just, I'm not at the moment, I'm just hoping to be in it, and they're writing my name down, <laughs> and she was giggling, and Robert Plant said, I'm in the band, and for the 25 minutes, oh. maybe half an hour, I was in so Why, why are you so I, am I, am w- I would have started talking Led Led
4: about, about compositions no, no, I just, that i on that morning I've got the signed thing since, yeah. I,
2: gave, I did one as a, a giveaway on Radio 5 later, I've still got the other one, and... Robert's written hurry back to six oh six, Danny, and all this over the cover. And he was just chuffed up was sitting with him. He was extraordinary. Fantastic. He asked me to go but he said, I didn't say it, Robert Plant told the media I am in Led Zeppelin. As far as I'm concerned, for that half an hour I you was were, in Led good. Zeppelin. You were But the researcher at the BBC, by the way, yeah, you know, got anything else? I ain't got a mobile phone, that'll do. <laughs> I was on a European tour
4: with Frankie Goes to Hollywood and Ped Gill, the drummer, hadn't turned up and they they were going to go and do it. It was was only a mime. It was a live TV show. And they said, would I play the drums? And only the intervention of some uh, Jobsworth Italian uh, union person stop this happening. Oh, that would have been so great. God. I can't really play the drums,
2: but it just not yeah, sure matter. There must be other people who have been in groups for, oh, less exactly. for less than an hour. Exactly. Less than an hour. I would loved When to. you reminded us the other day, because uh, sometimes you come across photos, and there's, we've got a lovely photo taken by Anton Corbyn when I was doing Earth, Wind & Fire, which is the virtual first time Wendy and I got together 30 years ago now and all of that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a lovely photo of us in the hotel room, which we've got, looking impossibly young, of course. And... Uh, uh, of course, Anton himself now it's, it's good to have that principle. So, this is you and Wendy. Yeah, me and Wendy, who, a, who
4: we ought to say was the
0: receptionist. receptionist the enemy the enemy enemy? after the to, terrifying Val and the Of course, well, yeah. she, she was actually she, the
2: editor secretary to yeah. come over from yeah. uh, uh, being two proles clinging together yeah. up there. I think that's, that was the bonding of us in the first can well, the, the only right? way no. to deal
0: with the terror was to marry the receptionist? That exactly, yeah. 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 Well, well,
2: that's she, the only way to make sure the checks got. Wendy was the only one, and imagine, talk about the young ones, the enemy little kitchen. It was just, it was a revolt, of course it was, you know, Nick doing Nick Kent doing whatever Nick did in there and that. It was Nick, terrifying. Nick Kent used to write his copy on the back of cereal boxes. I, I so was... So I've cereal boxes, write longhand, give well, it to Wendy. Wendy used to type yeah. up all his copies. So, and when she couldn't do it, I, I would do it. Did and, you? Uh, when yeah, you Nick, to, uh,
4: could Nick you, used uh, to... He'd come in yeah, that uh, amazing way of talking head. and he was... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, he uh, wouldn't I, I, mind I, me saying that he, he was either addicted to heroin or, or he was whatever was on heroin. It is, it's it's an he energy, yeah. the substitute. And he could only eat um, yoghurt. Do you remember? He couldn't eat solids. So he just spoon yoghurt into his mouth and hand in pieces of cereal packet... And, and it was beautifully written without a single crossing out. Do you but remember? he had to write it just, just not, one. Why couldn't got
2: paper? No, he used to yeah. take things like cereal packets and write with that is hole in his fist he'd right. right like this yep. I said I and Nick. I would type
4: it up for five pounds I would type up his singles reviews
2: he, he, he used to uh, uh, he had a health kick once where he actually oh well, I, I put it around he had actually injected the smack into an orange and sucked it out through the hole in it. <laughs> that's Nicky's he's on a health kick now he's fine but he used to anyway I saw him uh, not too long ago but Wendy used to have to do the let's kitchen let's get back to Earth, Wind yeah. and Fire yeah oh, she used right, to have to do the kitchen oh, in there. Right. She said everyone was just you know murder. she's very very fastidious when couldn't bear right. it no. the only person well, she I'm said was, the only person she said was ever decent to her in terms of Helping her do the kitchen was Paul Weller. And she's got no time for modern music at all, to be fair, uh, and certainly wouldn't know any of Paul's solo stuff. But every time she sees him on telly, go. goes... Proper bloke, in very decent. The only person who ever helped me cleared extra time. Fair enough. Oh. You got to say that Weller, he did do that. Weller, you mean Paul Weller? You mean but Weller? Uh, Paul Weller, as in Paul Weller. Oh Paul Weller used to come up and sit into the cause office. Cause oh yeah, he did, didn't. He'd yeah. reception, people like Weller, and you know, waiting to see someone or go out with someone. That's right. Yeah. Say, so yeah. sit down and whinge to come out and say, do you want a cup of tea or anything? And Paul would always say, yeah, but I'll make it. He would not ask Wendy to do it. Yeah. And she, and yeah. there was Bruce Fox. That see, the mobile phone and the
0: internet has killed amongst many things, but uh, but one of the things it's killed is just the art of hanging out. Hanging out. Hanging out. People used to just turn up freelancers just turn up with a copy of the enemy or sounds or whatever They've been there for hours. Oh, that was good. Yeah, evil. absolutely. Just yeah. Killing time to get the, co- a in, the, court the line, court in the
2: court line review room, sitting in there. I mean, let's face it, that's where everyone smoked dope in there. Yeah, there was, and oh, you opened the door. It was great. Absolute
4: yeah.
0: cloud.
2: Penny Real. Penny, Penny, Penny Reel, and Neil Spencer would be
4: gathered around a flaming stoogie.
2: Neil once said, a and he never he, he never thanks for my impersonation of Neil, but I do a good Neil. Do you, Neil? I did Neil on... You did on television. I I did once, and Neil was furious. And quite right, no luck. Do you, Neil? Nobody likes to hear themselves aped. But uh, he always, he assumed that I was, um, uh, you know, because Neil's from a uh, cancer state of a Northampton way and all that, and he would like, say, don't tell you any notes of this, man, I, I used to be a mod, man, a little pork pie hat, you know. <laughs> I, used to, I used to wear, I used to wear like Harringtons, I was just streaking, man, I was never like this. That's anyway, but then Neil, Neil, and, it, Neil and Penny had been refreshing themselves in the review room, and Neil denies he said this, but it was at the height of dub and all of that. And I was sitting at reception, and Neil probably thought I was down with street speak, which I never have been. Uh, and him and Penny were stepping out to go and have lunch, and and he said By to birth. me, he said to me, uh, uh, "Hold any calls, man. Um, I and I step forward for a sandwich. <laughs> I and I step, step forward, forward for, for sandwich. a sandwich." He <laughs> said, said it, Neil. He said it because even then, I'm like, wow, I'm using that one day. I and I step forward for a sandwich. Oh, Just God. sorry, one thing I, was saying, I was saying about when we was in and Fire. We're looking at these photographs. And uh, she went, Do you remember bleeding? Uh, she went, I was uh, the Omni International in, in uh, Miami, we were at. And she went, Do you remember what you did? And I'd forgotten what I did. She How tremendous. If you think I'm boisterous, bullshit and cocky now. As a writer, which is why I say I never put any store by it. You know, none of my friends were doing this. I didn't have any I of doing it. I'm flying all over the world with these groups. But figuring as you did, you were the star of the piece. Uh, Earthman and Fire came back. Maurice White and everybody uh, came back from the concert we'd seen. And they said, Maurice, is going to take a while. He's, he'll call you when he's ready to do the yeah, interview. Yeah. And they didn't do a lot of interviews, because they were old jazz cats who just, you know, they were quite guarded. And we got back to the hotel about past eleven and went to the room and you know and we had only just got together in fact I took her away I said come to America with me you know we both left we both married at the time both went off to America uh, got went to the anyway so we're in America and uh, about quarter to three in the morning the phone goes in the room hi this is someone from uh, Columbia Records uh, Maurice is ready to do an interview now and apparently according to when I went oh no not now I'm a kid and I put the phone no. <laughs> yeah, and I do remember this. she went do you remember that and I said I think I did you're taking the shilling of the record company you're there to get this interview with her he finally says right get that journalist up and I say no I'm, I'm me, they rang back and they said uh, you're not going to get another chance I said well then you don't get an interview but I'm not doing it now it's 3 o'clock in the morning that yes. uh, which That'd be ridiculous uh, <laughs> and I can't imagine that being what, do you so, think I'm a rock so so journalist? rude I mean yeah I know <laughs> and we did I'm you know, up all night and I think that kind of intrigued them yeah because they let us go on for another date and another date after that, and they kind of sort of come to you then and say, "So, uh, what do you want to know?" I do remember um, uh, asking them, as being from punk rock, I said, "Your lyrics." I said, "All that space, you know, age and Egyptian stuff." I said, "You must take a lot of drugs." And I opened them fire. sorry, Morris White there went, and there was a moment when I thought, "Oh, I'm in trouble here," because people stiffened around the Oh world. God,
4: yeah, Americans too.
2: And he, he said, "What did you say?" I said, "You know, is it is it sort of cocaine and stuff? Is that what?" And I thought, I don't know what, you know, I never prepared an interview. And he burst out laughing, to be fair. This is this kid who'd always said he wasn't doing an interview with him at three o'clock. He went, well, some members of the entourage may have a two... I don't know. I'm not their mother. Let's say that that's a grey area. And he just couldn't... Look. And he had a great interview after that, which I then didn't really write up that much, because I couldn't be bothered to transcribe it. I think this is pretty much what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: was <laughs> loving the Danny Baker work ethic here. We've all done that. You uh, think, uh, oh,
2: uh, oh, did I really talk to him around three quarters? There's plenty. That's enough there. There's loads yeah, there. Just paraphrase. Actually, the
0: best thing, serious tip, I, I did this recently, is... Uh, Is go home and write down what you can remember, and then listen to the tape. And then, yeah, I suppose so. Oh, very good. Um, Because the stuff you remember is the stuff that's most most striking, most important stuff. And and then the the other stuff is just there to fill gaps. I used to
4: say to people: you do an interview, go straight to the pub,
2: call a couple of friends, have two pints, tell them all about it, and what you tell them all about should be the story of the piece. That's That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think a lot of the time, whisper it. uh, Probably not so much now, but the journalist. Makes if especially if they're a fan of a group or like the person, make them sound an awful lot more coherent and articulate than they are. Oh, oh, oh,
4: never used to use technical right. I don't remember. I remember being at a show in 1979 at uh, Crystal Palace where Chuck Berry and BB King and various people were playing, and he interviewed um, uh, Muddy Waters. That's right. In a cab, in a black cab. Did he? Behind the stage, Muddy Waters and Pine Top Perkins. Uh, oh, uh, still alive. The a 94-year-old Pine Top Perkins, his piano player. And I can remember watching him. I was so fascinated because I was, you know, a bit of an idol. of, uh, yeah, you, of uh, course. I really admired Nick. Uh, Nick, And also these two guys. You know, and watching Nick there sort of just throwing his arms around and gesticulating. You know, and I thought, well, he, there's no tape recorder here. And when he published this piece, it was just... Reams. I, th- I used to think how amazing everyone seems to speak exactly like so, Nick, like Nick Kent Ken. yeah I know no, yeah, yeah, some yeah. of the most, oh, yeah, of the most
0: memorable of. quotes in rock journalism in the last 30 years I'm convinced to be made completely. up completely Absolutely, probably They're, they've taken separate bits of what people have said, or put them together. They're writers, this, this for God's sake. Cool. But mean. also, this but is, also this it. if it, if it, makes, mean, if if it, really it makes the if it makes the look good, they don't,
4: don't So like I was talking to Paul Denoy yesterday. He's just done an interview with Smokey Robinson for, for for Word, and we were talking about all the legendary quotes about Smokey Robinson. One of them is that John Lennon said he was the greatest songwriter. John Lennon never said this. Bob Dylan wasn't it? No, right? no, no. no I don't think Bob Dylan said it either. But John Lennon certainly didn't say it. And but the trouble is, if you put that to Smokey Robinson, he goes or may not
0: be, be true. Because <laughs> yeah, he wants it to be true. Why wouldn't he want it to be true? Yeah. It's so ge- denial, anyway, gentlemen, we've been talking for quite a while, oh. and uh, yeah. and uh, we haven't said anything. <laughs> yes. uh, what was your first? question? most one of the <laughs> the final question from readers was from Gagarin, who said, "Aren't you just going to turn on the laptop and leave the room quietly?" <laughs> so that's effectively that's what we did. <laughs> it's been it's been. Hey, what can I say? It's been great. Well, would you it. like I mean, to do it again? I would
2: love to do it again. Absolutely well, love you know, to do it again. Barely. Well, yes. no, we haven't. I mean, you know, for for it's therapy. It, it is therapy, and I it's, it's 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 inclusive. But uh, uh, I think it will get more exposed. To I, I did an
4: interview with with, uh, with Danny once for the Rocking Vicar, and yeah. uh, or rather the Rocking Vicar did. It. And um, <laughs> there was a bit where we we were constantly every time we mentioned a band, we just have to stop and do the lineup. Do you remember yeah, when we were talking yeah, about Wishbone right. Ash? Oh, and uh, Andy Powell, uh, 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 Ted, Ted Turner, Turner Ted, obviously, Turner, Martin Turner, Steve
0: Upton. Is that right? Steve Upton. Yeah. And of we course.
4: couldn't carry on with the interview until we got the fourth person. Steve this Upton. There's a serious you know. point
0: somebody made about this on the Word website recently that they reckoned that the knack of naming lineups of bands has died. They reckon there are very few people who can name all of Coldplay. Even people who go and see and buy no, their course, records. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's just a different thing. Whereas you learnt them. I suppose there were just less groups around. There the group, were less groups. You probably bigger well, no, but, more no, about No, because
2: them. you've read album covers. You've got an album. Yeah. A genuinely interested to see who yeah, they were. You sat and looked at the sleeve. It's, it's, and and you, with, your, with your paraphernalia that you have above Shelley Bring it all the way around then. In the Court of the Crimson King, an observation by King Crimson. When I looked down the band members in that, I couldn't understand what this fellow Pete Sinfield, did. Oh right! I couldn't understand what he did because it would say, and it still does on the reissue, um, at the book. It said, "Pete Sinfield, Lyrics and Illumination." Yeah, and right. I thought he was the fellow who turned out the, the lights. Light. Yeah, yeah. The well, yeah, he turned the lights out. Lyrics, lyrics Pete. and yeah. illumination, yeah. and of course that is a very rich vein again to get into, which is uh, the most ludicrous. Uh, Thank you, or whatever. Yes. Sleeve credits.
4: We'll save that for another time. This has been an observation by Danny Baker.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This podcast was brought to you by the Word. Details at wordmagazine.co.uk.
1: Spring is that you. Warmer temps mean new albert styles.